Wellness in the workplace is a 24-7 operation. How does your culture support employees beyond the standard 9 to 5? Welcome to Speaking of Success. In our series of podcasts, we aim to tackle real-life business issues, giving you some useful tips that you can take away into your business. My name is Cameron Scorer, and I'm joined today by Vicky Shelton, Founder and Managing Director of Success Recruit. In today's episode, we are talking about wellness in the workplace, and we are really excited to be joined by Jodie Burdett, an experienced wellness coach. Jodie changed career after suffering from a serious illness. After surviving, she reflected on the power of finding the right balance of physical and mental well-being. Welcome Jodie. Why don't we start by finding out a little bit more about you and your background? So yes, my background is actually um, legal. So I was a corporate lawyer um, up until 2015. Um, you know, I went back to work after having my daughter, loved the city life, uh, enjoyed being amongst the uh, this fast paced world and mm. um, I suppose in a way labelling myself as being important and needed um, and uh, yeah and then got diagnosed with cancer um, and yeah everything completely completely changed for me and you know I had to take time out of work for operations and chemotherapy and I think it was you know during that time when I'd finally excuse me made that made that transition from not always wanting to check my Blackberry and at the time obviously now it's all iPhones um but Mm. you know very much stepping back so I did a lot of I suppose soul searching um in a very analytical lawyerish way um and realized uh that there was actually a little bit more to life than just constant striving and started to develop a mindfulness practice through uh, a great lady through um, called Delilah Sullivan and it actually made me pause I actually think I realized that I'd been on this what I class as the hamster wheel for so many years so many years like you know from school to college to university like just constantly striving constantly pushing myself and that actually I needed to take that step back yeah I always say one minute you know corporate lawyer next minute yoga teacher yeah wellness coach quite like, a you know, transition yeah, yeah yeah a massive transition I f- think I feel definitely a lot richer these days and and more fulfilled and you know, it's work in process every day, um, but I have more of that work-life balance and and feel that I'm in a better mental and physical state. Yeah, I can only imagine how difficult the journey has been for you, uh, but I really do admire the importance that you've put on your own well-being. So where can a company begin when looking at a wellness programme? I really think it's just making sure that companies really introduce a kind of health and wellness program um and you know i I know a lot of companies already do that in in regards of having bupar and axa plans for people um lots of them have gym gym memberships or reduced gym memberships but i think it's i think it's a little bit more than that i think it's 
actively promoting people to use the resources. Um, it's all well and good having something in place, but then not giving employees the time to actually go and go and use the gym. Like who wants to be in the gym at five o'clock in the morning? Some people are morning people, I'm afraid that's not, <laughs> you know, or who wants to finish work at eight o'clock and then have dinner and do a workout before bed. And actually we're geeing up that sympathetic nervous system by doing that. And then we lie in bed and we can't sleep because we've geared ourselves up. So I think it's about having a package but that's actually accessible for employees um, and equally the small things. So um, encouraging group activity. So, and I mean, maybe there's a running club or um, a yoga class or, you know, some kind of group activity where people are in, actually engaging with their colleagues outside of that high pressured environment as well, because you get to understand people on a different level and meet people on a different level and forge those relationships, which then actually become more healthy in the workplace as well. I feel like so many companies out there sometimes look at the wellness programs as a bit of a tick box exercise when you actually have to encourage a culture where an employee can feel that they can take advantage of the offerings. Absolutely. It's all about the company's culture and what they want to what they want to promote, really. And it's it's even the small things like I worked for um, a company many years ago in property and every morning there would be a fresh fruit basket that would be delivered to our team. So even small things like that, as an employee, makes you feel valid, but also we all know the, the properties of fruit and health. And, you know, and we, and we know that we all get that dip during the day where we feel like we need a sugary treat and, you know, we have that instant boost of either caffeine or cake or some chocolate and then we plummet within, you know, an hour. But actually you feel like you need something and then you realise, oh yeah, there's a tub of blueberries there or a peach or something or a nice fresh looking apple. You're mm. more likely, if that's, if that's there in the vicinity and been provided for you, to, to take rather than um, go and find those not so great uh, sugary boosts. Um, and also, you know, I think bringing some kind of calming um, class into the workplace. So whether that be a yoga class or a relaxation class. And again, they can be staggered through the day. So it can suit people to make short classes. Um, they can have some like you could have a, a mindfulness or a relaxation class which is all of 20 minutes long but actually again engage people and encourage people to take that break from their desk i think you know we live in this culture where we eat lunch at our desks quite often you know it's yeah. not go get some fresh air go and clear your head and if we do go out we take our phones with us you know the amount of times i've walked around London um, during a lunch break just to get 20 minutes air, but I'm still on my phone scrolling through it or I go and sit, sit on a park bench, but I'm still on the phone scrolling through my emails. We actually need to disengage to be able to create that space because we need that space for creativity, um, just to give us that pause so we actually can function better. Mm. No, definitely. Uh, I remember once as well when I had a, a gratitude session um, as a, the, the whole company or the, the whole office went to this, this gratitude session. It was only a small thing, 
but the even the instant effect after that of the whole environment around me was was amazing everyone just seemed far more engaged in terms of what they're doing I guess what you're saying is you can have someone who's working 24-7 at 50% or find those moments where you get 100% focus and 100% engagement because they've switched off and they've relaxed in a in a another at another time absolutely because in most companies I know not everywhere but we're based on screens and yeah. I would love it to be compulsory in companies where you know once every I don't know two hours something pops up on your screen and actually you can't turn it off and you have to sit there for three minutes and you have to you know, bring your hands onto your shoulders and just kayak your arms back a little bit and forward there's a couple of neck exercises and then you have to close your eyes and do a breath practice for two minutes you know and absolutely the mind's going to wander but and you're going to be thinking about all these things but actually it is that pause and it can be so effective even closing your eyes and taking 10 breaths 10 conscious breaths in and out through the nose can provide instant clarity and you know I have this conversation with my husband a lot who's currently still well still working from home and quite often we have the same conversation he'll come down at lunchtime or of an evening and I'll say how's your morning been or how's your day been and he will say the day's gone so quickly and I've hardly got, I feel like I've hardly got anything done and I say to him well why what's happened in your day what have you had on what meetings have you had on and I really believe it's down to concentration and focus so he'll be up there from half past eight in the morning and he will rarely get out for a walk um he'll come down he'll stop for lunch quite often it might be a lunch team meeting where he takes his lunch upstairs back upstairs with him um but he's so easily distracted as well by calls and emails and I think we get so consumed with being on call all the time that we need to respond straight away we need to look at something straight away that actually our focus these days and that has been proven in 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 tests and studies that have been done has really reduced because we have all these notifications which we don't often turn off so if we're in the middle of an email and something comes up and you look at it and you think Oh, that seems quite important. I'll just quickly click on that. Yeah, I can really relate to everything you've just said. I'm sure so many people can that are listening today, Jodie. I know I've recently um, read something that according to someone called Gloria Mark, who studies digital distraction at the University of California, it takes an average of about 25 minutes to return to an original task after an interruption. So that 30 seconds to check on a quick tweet or a text is really actually 25 minutes, 30 seconds. Um, And that's really unproductive time that could be stopped if we really just looked at managing our time better but equally taking the time to step away from the desk when we need it and there's definitely something it's been to be said that if you're typing an email and you're really struggling with the words and you're really struggling with what to write and sometimes an email can take that half an hour to write I can probably guarantee you 99% I won't say completely guarantee you but if you take a step back and just close your eyes and just take a two minute breath practice that when you come back to that email you'll have clarity of the mind and you will write that email far quicker. And, and the point of the matter is, is that's free. And the only, the only thing it, it does is, is take two minutes out of your day. 
Um, but the the benefits of it are so so great. So, what what do you think is one of the biggest changes that you've seen implemented? Um, I think it's definitely time away from the screen. Um, I know a lot of companies have put in place um, where they're trying to make sure that their employees do not look at their phones um, of a morning before a certain time and of an evening after a certain time. Now, I know that actually in some companies you have clients that are abroad and working patterns are, you know, and all different. But I think um, most people now, and I actually have worked with a CEO and he would say to me, the first thing he would do when he opened his eyes would be to put on his phone. And the last thing he would do of an evening before he closed his eyes would check his emails before turning his phone off or putting it on silent and leaving it by the side of the bed. And we actually got to a point where he didn't check his phone until he'd got up, had a cup of tea and a shower. And he turned his phone off um, an hour and a half before bed of an evening. And he said the difference that had for him when he finally got there, it was a long process, <laughs> um, was, was fantastic. You know, just having that clarity, um, being able to concentrate and focus more because of that. And equally applying that in his day-to-day -day in the office. So not having the phone right next to him, having it if he was working on something, having it on the other side of the room and having those times in the day unless obviously he had an important meeting or was expecting a call where he wasn't on that constant alert. That's a really good piece of advice, Jodie. Thank you. We've spoken about how important this is to embed as part of the culture. So how does someone go about implementing this from top to bottom? Well, this is a hard one. I think, you know, companies have their cultures and obviously that all starts generally at the top. Um, and it's all well and good, a company rolling out a brilliant health and wellness program. But if you see your boss that's frantically busy, doesn't stop, doesn't seem to take any time for themselves, um, then you're unlikely to participate in stopping yourself. Yeah, and I think if an employee gets uh, an email from a, a business leader at a certain time, so for example, 6am because they've sent it when they've just woken up, there's a feeling that you need to reply yeah. um, to that to that email and it almost puts unnecessary pressure on that employee um, in order to do it and you know I've sat on the flip side of the fence where I have sent emails outside of work hours I don't expect a reply but I'm sending it because that's a convenient time for me but actually at times maybe I've need to step back and think what is the receiver going to feel receiving this email and I think there's lots of studies out there. There was a um, mindfulness, mindfulness initiative um, that was produced by the Mindfulness All Party Parliamentary Group. And that was in 2015 and 2016. And I actually attended some, a global summit um, at the start of lockdown last year. And um, James Bristow, who was part of that party, was actually there really talking about how we're trying to bring mindfulness meditation into the workplace and that's really interesting you know i think first of all because 
it's a clear paper. You know, all companies like these parliamentary papers, these studies, um, which actually show the advantages of creating this culture where we're not just promoting productivity, but also growth of um, employees' well-being. And, you know, I think that study very clearly showed, and there's lots of big firms, especially lots of American firms and um, Google and some big law firms that have really embraced this, like Microsoft, um, that actually creating this well-being in the workplace actually has a massive, massive change on the productivity. Okay, so why does it have a change? Because we're very much um, increasing people's focus and concentration. It helps decision-making. It helps people's stress levels and their resilience. And it also, which probably could be said as being most important, improves interpersonal and relationships and communication amongst colleagues. Yeah, they are some great benefits that a person can gain from implementing this culture. One of the things that I find important is to take the time to have the open communication in the office. So if there are any challenges in the outside world, they can be addressed in a sensitive manner. Also, I think it's important to note we recognise this in people because we've experienced some level of it ourselves in the past. So I think when we are accepting of that, then actually we can approach people with that hey, you look like I've felt before. Mm. What can, you know, anything going on off the record chat. And also I think sometimes people don't want it to be in the workplace because they worry about, you know, that we, we, we all worry too much about what other people think of us anyway, but what will that kind of perception be if I seem to be struggling or I'm seem to be going to HR or I'm seem to be going somewhere else. So I think sometimes it's really nice to have that service like have that independent person that can that kind of consultant where you can direct them to so jody we've covered a lot today um it's been really useful information and um i know for a fact that there's been some real points there that i can take away and um very much ensure that my team and the people around me that i can influence will um sort of take note and hopefully um, move forwards with implementing things so it'd be great if you could just summarize what your top tips would be for anyone listening to this podcast i think my my definite top tips would be um that everybody needs a break during the day so i think it should be compulsory that people um have to leave their screen times, have to leave their desks and do some kind of physical activity during the working day. And for people to stop and pause and check in with themselves. And it's such a simple thing to do, yet so many people find it so hard, which is understandable because when we stop and we check in, the mind goes into overdrive because that's what the mind does. But I think what's it, it's important for people to understand that when we ask people in a sense of being mindful or to stop and engage in the breath, that it's not about the mind stilling because the mind is never still. We don't control the mind. We just can learn to control how we react and respond to the mind. Jodie, thank you so much for your um, insight today. It's been really, really useful. Um, That brings us to the end of this episode of Speaking of Success. 
I think it's really important to say that it doesn't matter what size business you are um, or whether you can afford to implement things like an employee assistance program or uh, yoga or meditation sessions into your business. There's actually a lot of little things that you can do which go a long way um, to someone. And it's not just about your well-being in the workplace, it's also your overall well-being um, and how you treat day-to-day -day life that is going to affect what you do. Thank you for listening to this episode of Speaking of Success. We hope you've enjoyed it. We welcome your feedback and if you have any ideas on what you would like us to discuss, then please do get in touch. Feel free to leave us a comment or email us via hello at successrecruit.com. We look forward to joining you next time.